I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 164. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Baker's Eddie. The New Zealand rockers, who now call Melbourne home, recently released their debut record, entitled Love Boredom Bicycles. In today's episode, we're speaking with singer Kieron about the change in the band's sound, working with Oscar from Holy Holy, and how they balance working and living together. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman of one of the most exciting indie bands to come out of New Zealand in the last few years. Having released their incredible debut record, Love Bought and Bicycles, in March, they're now about to travel the country on a huge 25-date tour. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Kieran Babington from Baker's Eddy. Good morning. How are we? Good morning. Um, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here doing this with you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. It's um. It's an exciting time for you guys at the moment. The the debut record, Love, Board and Bicycles, is out now and has been out for about a month or so. Um, firstly, congratulations on the album. It's great. Yeah, thank you very much. It's like such a relief to finally have this thing out. We've been sat on it for the better half of like a year and a half. We recorded it such a long time ago as well. So it's just a relief to be able to come out of, you know, the last two years with um, with, a, with an album, you know. It makes the last two years seem somewhat worth it, if you know what I mean. A hundred percent. What's the, um, as I mentioned, it has been out for a few weeks now, for about a month. What has the reaction been like so far? Um, as far as I can tell, the reaction's been really positive. I think everyone really, um, really likes the songs. Um, I think it's something a little bit different to what we have done in the past as well. So I think we're getting a lot of, you know, people saying that it's a good change in direction for us. I know that we feel like this album sounds more like, um, I think us than any of the stuff that we've recorded in the past. Like it just sounds like, you know, the music that we were listening to at the time. Um, so yeah, we're really proud of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and yeah, yeah. I think the reception has been very good. That's awesome to hear. I know, um, I think the, please correct me if I'm wrong, the album started out as an EP or it was going to be an EP and then when COVID hit, you guys kind of went, well, we now have more time, let's kind of invest it in that. Do you think that was, uh, in referring to the change of sound, the change of direction, I guess, was that you guys looking at it being like, this is probably the perfect time to to try and pull off something like that? 
Yeah, I mean, we we had we had been we've already, we've already recorded the EP. Like the EP was um, already recorded, ready to go. Um, but I think during the like the months leading up to the actual release of this EP um, was when the pandemic hit, and we were like, this doesn't really feel like us and i mean some of the songs that are on the album now were supposed to be on the ep as well and we recorded them but they sounded so different to what we i guess had originally produced while demoing so we were able to kind of step back and go okay let's let's dial it let's dial in the sound that we had um with the demoing process and try and reproduce that in an album. I think that was kind of like the big, okay, now, now we're going to go down a different path. You know, like it was just things wasn't, things weren't sounding like we wanted them to sound. So we decided, you know, we've got all this time. Um, let's do a full album and we'd never released, we never recorded an album before. So it was also like tick, you know, off the bucket. <laughs> That thing that was looming over us for such a long time was like, we've been in a band for such a long time. We've been in a band for, I don't know, 10, 11 years um, since we were, since we were 12, 13 and having an album was always like the thing that we wanted to do. So it was just like about time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. No, that's um, with the album coming out with, with doing something like that. Was there any, um, and I'm glad to hear that some songs kind of were able to be reworked or kind of rejigged, if you will, to to fit the album. And this is the last I'll focus on it. But is it difficult to to look at the work that you've done and kind of work out what now gets scrapped forever or kind of doesn't quite make the cut to be uh, put on the album? Not really. We were pretty um, cutthroat. I think <laughs> we we knew we knew like from the songs that we had recorded for the EP, we knew the ones that we didn't want um, to, to re-record it and re and release. So we, we just picked the best ones that felt like they were going to be a good starting point um, for the writing process moving forward and then got rid of the rest. You know, they're fine songs, but they weren't, they weren't songs that I feel um, represented us at that point in time. So they were more, they were more kind of, they sounded more like the songs that we had recorded and released, you know, like three, four years ago and mm-hmm. three, four years is a long time. You know, that, that's a, that's a long time to be in a certain corner in terms of what we, what we felt that we sounded like, who knows, like maybe there's some people out there that go, I can't tell the fucking difference. <laughs> uh, it was definitely, it definitely felt like we had moved on from that. So it was easy. It was an easy decision, I think. No, look, I think, as you mentioned, in in circumstances like that, kind of being tougher, uh, more cutthroat, as you said, I think is probably a better choice. You're not kind of uh, faffing about about around it. Um, the record was recorded with the lovely Oscar Dawson uh, from Holy Holy, um, who we've had on this show. What was the experience like with Oscar recording this? Because it's still not... Listening to your record and listening to the latest Holy Holy record, there are some elements that I might kind of pick up on, but very different records. So I'm curious, yeah, yeah. how that whole process went. We were um, 
by the way, we love Oscar. He was, he was so amazing. He was so amazing to work with, but like going into, um, when, when we were approached by, I think it was our label. We were like, how about Oscar? We were like, I don't know if this guy aligns with our sound. Cause you know, we know Oscar from Holy Holy and we know him from, I think like, there was a period of time where he, like 50% of the songs on Triple J were produced by Oscar. We were like, okay, this dude, this dude's pop. And that's fine because we love pop, but I don't know if it's going to translate so well. So what we ended up doing is we we had a trial session with him. Um, God, that sounds so official. We had, Yeah, we trialed Oscar. He came over to our house in, I think, the summer of 2019, maybe. Maybe it was the summer of 2020. I can't remember exactly, but... Um, he came over to do a Christmas song with us. <laughs> so we did this song called very Merry Christmas. He recorded it in our, uh, in our lounge room and it clicked like straight away. It was like, this dude gets what we want. Um, and kind of, he's willing to stay very true to, um, the demos that we had recorded just, you know, he, he just brings a new kind of, he, he brings a new level to it. You know, it's, it's, it's like the demos, but improved big time. <laughs> that was kind of the discussion that we had going into it as well. We were like, we're really attached to the demos and I'll back that up by saying like in the past we had, um, you know, taken our demos to, uh, pre-production sessions and then they had been chopped and changed and like five demos would turn into one song, you know, we'd just chop all the parts up, turn them into one song and then, you know, stack guitars and, and hyper produce it. But going into um, the right, going into the recording with Oscar, it was like, we really wanted to make a point of basically just reproducing the demos that we had because we spend a lot of time demoing and getting that sounds exactly how we want it to sound. Um, so we like the sound of the demos. It makes sense to just stick with that and just find a way to improve them. So he was like all for it. Um, and we had like one or two pre-production sessions. So there wasn't, there was hardly any pre-production um, for the album which is really cool. And then, yeah, we went into the studio, tracked drums and ended up doing the, like the vocals and guitars at his mom's place. So that was also like like a, like a, um, a koi pond out back as well. So I spent like most of the days just lying face down, looking at the pond. (laughs) It was lovely. Very, very lovely. That's That's actually awesome. I can't think of like a better way to kind of like record music or at least sometimes hanging out in the studio when other bits and pieces are being done, it can get a little bit stale. So I imagine that's quite a nice uh, retreat, if you will. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the past, there are studios that we'd used have been so cramped and, like, the four of us live together, two of us work together. Like, we're in the same vicinity probably 80% of the time (laughs) and have been for, like, half our lives. So to be able to go somewhere and have space – lovely <laughs> we'll take that <laughs> well, how is the dynamic of the band in the fact that yeah you guys as you mentioned you do live together you've all um come across from new zealand i think or oh, how many years ago now five i think maybe five and a half five years yeah. ago yeah you've all come across from melbourne all now living in melbourne in the same place playing a band as you mentioned i didn't even realize the two work together um <laughs> how do you guys 
I guess, find the dynamic of maybe not having separate lives, but by working out like what's bandmates, what's housemates, what work, what is workmates? Like how does that kind of yeah. play out? It It's weird because like the band is the most important thing to us. Um, and it has been for, for the last five years, you know, we, we, we played music together in school, but I wouldn't say we were a band, you know, we were, it was the four of us just having fun. Um, and an excuse to kind of leave school, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> now it's like the band is the thing that we are putting all of our time and effort into. And it does everything else like house life does trickle into that. There's some strange dynamics where it's like, I'll be like, I recorded, I did all these demos for the last week. I'm shattered. I'm not going to do the dishes. So it's like <laughs> those two things don't relate at all, but you do feel this kind of like, I did this work here. So it means I don't have to fucking put the washing out or whatever. <laughs> um, it, it, we are like, we are lucky in, in a way that we, are more like, you know, I know it's naff, but we're more like brothers than friends. You know, we're, 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 it's like we're in a four way marriage essentially. So how we interact with each other, I think is very different to how a lot of other bands interact with each other. We can be dicks to each other, but you know, a couple hours later, it's like it never happened. We don't hold anything again. I mean, the other thing is like half of the band are actual brothers, half of the band's twins, you know, so they've, they've known each other forever. <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole other dynamic, but I don't know. It all just seems to work. We, um, we are fortunate that we do get along well most of the time. Some of the time we don't. <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just being in a band. I feel like that's the same with any band really. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it's cool though. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some point with a band where you just, as you mentioned, even if it's just by the koi pond, sometimes your own space is just that little retreat that you need. Well, the new house that we've got, um, we specifically wanted a extra like recreational room. So we've got like our lounge space, which is, you know, everyone congregates. And then we've got this escape room down the front where it's like, I'm going <laughs> to go in there and I'm going to lock the door and none of you can talk to me. <laughs> so like, yeah, it is important to have space. We're going, we're about to be, with each other in a van for the, about three months and that starts in like a week. So we, are we, we've been trained well to work with each other in small spaces. So it shouldn't be too bad, but it's like, Oh God, <laughs> three years of being in the same house. Now we've got to be in the same van. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I was going to touch on this. You guys are about to head out on quite an extensive tour. I think it, it does go for quite a while. Mm. Um, first, I guess, how are you guys feeling about getting back onto the road and being able to, I think bands the last oh, six months or so have been doing sporadic shows here or there, but I feel like tour proper touring is now coming back. How, um, yeah. How are you feeling about that, uh, that looming process and returning to the road? Um, all sorts, to be honest, we're like very, very excited. But then Alex brought up the fact he was like, yesterday we worked out that for the next six weeks, we have a minimum of three shows per weekend. So I think a maximum of six, so six, six shows straight in a row. And then every other weekend it's like three or four shows. So it's like, once he said that, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, <laughs> we've never done anything like this before. And at the start of the year, we made a point to tell our, 
new booking agent because we just re-signed with um, another booking agency. We were like, just book us for every day of the year if you can. Like we we will play every day. And in hindsight, I don't know <laughs> if that was such a smart <laughs> move. But at the same time, we haven't been able to do this for two and a half, three years. We had four tours, I think, cancel on us over over um, COVID. So to be able to go, we're going to tour and we're going to tour properly um, and do it big. I think we feel very proud of that and we're very excited for it. So, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. Is there a certain aspect of, I know that there is a lot of things that is not enjoyable about touring, but uh, is there a certain thing that you kind of are looking forward to the most to returning to or kind of seeing? I, I'm really looking forward to, we've kind of made a decision between the four of us to actually, when we tour, like spend, try and make an effort to spend one or two or three hours actually doing something in the cities that we're in, which is something that we've never done in the past. And the past has just been like fly and fly, do the show fly out. You know what I mean? Like stay the night and then leave in the morning. But the summer round, we're like planning the tour around also doing activities, which I think is so important when you're on the road. Cause for us, it's just, it's just a grind, you know, like the whole thing's a grind. Um, we want to at least see some places. Cause obviously like we're not from this country. There is a lot that we haven't seen. You know, we've gone to Sydney five or six times. I've never been to the opera house. I don't, I haven't been to the harbor. I haven't even, I don't think I've, maybe I've crossed that the, the big bridge. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I couldn't tell you. So we haven't seen anything. Um, so I'm looking forward to going out and doing stuff. I say that now, but then again, you get on the road and you're like, I'm just going to like stay in the hotel for four hours. <laughs> I'm just going to go to bed. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I also like, playing just just like we we've been having so much fun with wax over the last four weeks i'm um, doing shows so i am just looking forward to doing show after show after show and getting really really tight again because you know the first few weeks on tour with wax was like i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. getting there you know you're kind of struggling through it a little bit your fitness is down i'm sweating like a pig like it's all (laughs) it's just you know getting back in the groove i'm looking forward to really honing it in so hopefully after show 200 (laughs) we'll be like super tight (laughs) (laughs) i can in all fairness as you've said it's been a few years that people haven't been able to play and to kind of retrain that muscle of, of playing a gig so often it does require a bit but um mm. i think just touching on what you were saying in terms of 
actually going out and doing something. It is a very admirable idea. And hopefully you guys are able to kind of get as much done as you can within the realm of what your bodies will allow. You still need to rest at some points. At some point. I think we, we had this idea going into the wax tour as well. But yeah, we're going to go and like, we're going to go do things in the city. It's going to be amazing. We're going to get it all on camera. But like, I think the only thing that we've done is play mini golf in Hobart. So we've got <laughs> some work to do on that front. <laughs> we could just go like every city we go to play mini golf. I wouldn't mind. It's not a crazy idea. And at least you guys, by the end of, uh, almost similar to what we're talking about in terms of playing music, by the end of the tour, you guys will be pros. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've got this little like portable mini golf set. It's called the executive because it comes in like a little um, <laughs> briefcase. So we bring that to all our shows and we have little like putt offs before the, before the gig. We're definitely well um, practiced. Rehearsed. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I was hoping to, to talk a little bit about the record in terms of, uh, one thing that I love that the band has done, and I'm going to say that it might be you. I don't want to say that it's just the vocalist, but usually that does ha- the vocalist has more to do with the lyrics than maybe someone else in the band. Mm. Um, in that, there's a beautiful. I love when bands have the juxtaposition of like upbeat, happy music, and sometimes you don't really realise that the song content behind it might be a little bit more serious, or might not be kind of matching that the same. Uh, yeah audio that's kind of playing. I think I love uh, that one shit. of the, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, Drinking mood from your record was one of those tracks that I thought stood out as a great example of that, that it, it is an upbeat, uh, like not poppy, but like, you know, um, I realize also this is a podcast and people can't see me bopping my head, but um, <laughs> that it's, it's one of those tracks that it is quite lively. And, um, but the, the, the lyrics behind it, yeah, kind of convey something very different. And I'm Mm. curious how you approach that in so that you're not having something that's like, it's a very fine line to, to pull it off. Drinking mood is done very well. And I'm curious how you, how you balance that line, how you walk that line. I have no, I, I actually don't know because I've done this for such a long time. I don't know if that says something about me wanting to hide my, um, my emotions <laughs> behind like a happy facade or something, but I, you know, really love music that is like that and has this like, you know, contradictory, um, you know, lyrical content about being sad and depressed or, or bored or whatever mixed with this, you know, really happy upbeat song and then the song's called drinking mood as well so like most people when they see that name and hear the song they're like yeah party let's go but in reality it is is like it's really sad (laughs) it's not sad i'd say it's just like it's it's me opening up about how you know depressed i was at one period of time and it was actually when we first moved over to australia we were like drinking this shit called i can't even it was like musket or something (laughs) we we, we have found out that you can buy musket Mm -hmm. for like eight dollars and it was an insane percentage and it tasted like sugar so we were just drinking this and i'm pretty (laughs) sure that sent me into this like spiral of depression. (laughs) I I can only blame that. And yeah, I was like feeling like shit, but I, you know, we write happy songs and not necessarily like happy sounding songs, but you know, 
that doesn't mean necessarily that all of them need to be happy. I kind of, I, I like to do the opposite. We do it a lot. We do it sober as well. That's another one that's very upbeat. Um, I can name quite, yeah, there's quite a few on that record. I think it's similar. Um, but yeah, in terms of the method behind it, it just happens because I've just done it for such a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when people, when people figure it out, they're like, Oh, that's so different to what I thought it was going to be. Especially when we play it live, like drinking mood, everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to drink your mood. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, w- I was going to say, I think some of the subtleties in your lyrics might be lost when uh, in a live setting, because it is, very, I can see people hearing the title "Drinking Mood" and just being like, "Yes, let's party!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's got that like. I mean, when we play live, though, all of that shit's forgotten. You're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing the song thinking about that period in my life. I'm not thinking about the the sad lyrical content. I'm like, yeah, fuck, I am in a drinking mood. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a party song, and um. I think you can have, I think you can have party songs that are about darker things. You know, there's no rules. Uh, Look, it's all about the process of processing whatever is going on in that song. And you've come out the other side and now it is uh, a drinking, drinking mood song. Yeah. I'm not depressed now. I'm quite happy. So I'm quite happy to sing a song just about (laughs) drinking. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, when it comes to the process of, of writing, is it something that you would usually take the lyrics and like a, maybe a melody to the band or they'd bring you kind of chords and, and what is the songwriting process of the band or is it kind of different every time? Um, in the past it was, it did vary quite a bit. Um, for this record in particular, I kind of took lead for, um, the majority of the songs where, you know, I will, I kind of locked myself away for a, for a brief period of time. I was um, staying at my mom's place cause we were like in between houses and I just set up shop there just as the p- pandemic hit. So like it was me locked away. I couldn't really see anyone. So I just spent that time just to write. Um, and then I kind of like, you know, had this stack of demos that I, sh- I showed to the band and they were like, yes, yes, nah, yes, yes, nah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, I, I would say, um, some of the older songs, it was a joint effort, um, where we all kind of like, you know, we're all work, working on a song in a room at the same time. Um, lyrics always come last though, for me. Um, it's like chords and melody and phrasing at the same time, they all, that all happens organically. And once I've got like the base of what I think the whole song is going to be, I'll hop on the drums or, or just sit on the computer and play the entire song through to what I think what the structure will be. And then just like, it's like a puzzle. You just piece the parts together. Um, and then usually when I'm, you know, humming gibberish, the lyric will come through, um, the hook, per se, the chorus. Or <laughs> and then that's what the song's about. It's kind of like I commit to whatever, whatever bullshit I spilled during that process. And that's <laughs> what about. I don't change it. <laughs> we, we have been talking to, um, to certain artists about this recently though. Sometimes that gut instinct for less, for lack of a better term is what kind of works. It's what you will try and redo it three or four or five different times and it never is as good as the, the original kind of whatever it may be that's, that has spilled out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, 
certain chords and certain melodies always, to me at least, kind of tend to lean towards towards a certain topic or a certain you know lyric certain lyrical content so it just kind of happens organically i know that sounds really lame but it, it, it kind of does you know it just there's not much thought behind it really it's just whatever that line is we'll go with that and it could be a metaphor or whatever so then you get to work out what the metaphor is oh i put metaphors i tell i put a lot of metaphors in but I usually have the meta- metaphor before I know what it's actually a metaphor for. <laughs> Does that make oh, yeah. sense? <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a weird thing. <laughs> I think that it makes it a bit more of almost like a puzzle for you to solve as well. It means that there's a bit more, not that it wasn't thought going in before, but I feel like it almost kind of um, makes the process a little bit more interesting for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like that I like the idea of songs being like a puzzle. Like it's not necessarily always linear. It's something that you can break apart during the process and, and put pieces in different places. And it's almost like I find songwriting almost like strategy. It was like a strategy game. Like what feels like it should be there and like you start with a pre chorus and you know that it sounds like a pre chorus and you don't have anything else and it's just like, you know, how am I gonna get to this point when I start I'm pointing again, podcast, no one can see what the hell I'm doing. I'm putting my hand <laughs> up high to represent this point. Um and then you just gotta figure out how to get there, you know what I mean? Um, so I do like that kind of strategy aspect of songwriting, I guess. It's a weird way to put yeah. it up. I don't think I've ever put it like that before, but it kind of feels like that. No, I can appreciate that. I think it's kind of cool. I am. Um, yeah, I can appreciate that. <laughs> um, Kieran, uh, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Uh, if there's an album, song, EP, whatever it may be at the moment, that's kind of taking your fancy. That's, that's interesting. Cause at the moment for me, I have been totally sucked in by Spotify and its algorithms. Like hundred percent. I'm like, I I've gotten to this thing where I will go to my discover weekly and then I will, I, I'll do it every Monday. First thing in the morning, listen to my discover weekly and go through and like all the songs and hope that the songs that I like and hope that the algorithm really like gets cranking. And then the next time it's, you know, it's better or it changes and I'll listen to some Cuban I don't know. So some salsa music and then I've got reggaeton for the following week. Um, but I also did a interview with, um, triple J on earth recently. So I found an artist, a bunch of artists local, uh, actually from Adelaide, um, one called Caroline and Claude, who I am really liking their song called stir the pot. I love that song. Um, I'm also listening to a lot of the garden at the moment and I have been for a wee bit. Um, but I just can't, stop listening it's it's like the gardens one of those bands where every single time you listen to it the album sounds a little bit different and it's just a little bit freaky (laughs) 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 so that they're a weird band they're a weird band but um yeah i'm I'm liking uh the garden quite a lot that's awesome uh lots of music i just can't think of it if you i could go through my spotify and we'd be here for like half an hour or something (laughs) I think that there's some good picks. We're um we're based in Adelaide ourselves, so I, I like that there was an Adelaide band represented in your in your choices as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really yeah. fucking cool song. Like the production <laughs> on that song is amazing too. So yeah, definitely worth definitely worth a little uh, little geese. Hundred percent. We'll um, put the 
in our show notes for the episode, we will put the links to to your picks, but we'll also be putting the links to your record, the Love Bottom Bicycles record, and to the tour for Baker's Eddie. Um, Kieran, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it, and congrats again on the album. Yeah, thank you very much. It was uh, it was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> that's our show a massive thank you to baker's eddie for their time love boredom bicycles is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or see them on tour we also want to give a huge shout out to heidi at ride house publicity for helping out with today's interview if you like this show please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released we release new shows each wednesday and friday morning and we now have a patreon which you can find within the show notes of this episode You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.